Welcome to another Colts Overtime Podcast, this time being recorded on remote, in location, if you will. We are recording this moments after the second day of the draft, 2022, rounds two and rounds three just concluded. We're at Kilroy's in Broad Ripple in Indianapolis, uh, the site of tonight's Colts draft party, and uh, what a night it was, Rick Venturi. You are, listen, body language is everything, okay? <laughs> Plus, I can read you like a book anyways. <laughs> like, you are you're a happy guy tonight. Home run, grand slam, whatever other cliche you want to use, you're ecstatic. I am ecstatic. You know, I've had a lot of conversations with Chris, but, you know, the way I felt, if you could have told me tonight to draw three players you want, I would have said Pierce, Jelani Woods, and Raymond. I really would <laughs> no have. No matter what. I would have, no matter what. And, I, you know, and I, I mean, if you listen to our podcast, people know that I said that before. Uh, you know, this was tremendous. I was a doubting Thomas, I'll admit it. When we move back. Yeah, see, when, there, body language is everything, right? Yeah. So when the Colts moved back from 42 to 53. Oh, I dove in the jar. You were <laughs> you were not on board with that. I was in the jar because I don't like it. And I thought, all right, we're going to blow Pierce. That's what I thought. I thought, we love Pierce. We're going to blow it. But obviously, that's where Chris has such a good feel and his staff for the league. And they kind of knew exactly where Pierce would be. So they move back, and they get the same guy on 53 that I'm going to draft on 42. Right. Plus they pick up 77, which now gives us Raymond, which now helps to fill the need at least at depth at left tackle with the idea that he has he has the ability to be a starter. He might be a little bit of a developmental guy because of his football background, but he's another freak athletically. One thing I'm going to say about this, these three guys tonight, These three guys are freaks athletically. And I'm not like the old school coaches. I am a metric guy. I am a, in some respects, I'm a scout first. And that's why Ballard and I get along so well. I'm I'm a scout first. And I I look for metrics plus tape because I know how important they are. And when you take, you take a wide receiver, you know, 4140, 40-inch vertical jump, 428 short shuttle, and good tape guy that can fly you come back with a tight end you just gave him the most valuable player in history at, with the athletic quotient right 275 at 67 461 and now we come with an offensive tackle who runs a five flat 40 but more importantly has a 449 uh, short shuttle which is the measure of great quickness which i think he has a tremendous upside developmentally he's got to get a little bit more anchor but the biggest thing he has is he can get out in space and play against the fast guys you're going to protect against so again i just i don't know that i've ever been happier walking out of a draft room on, one on the second night, night. Yeah. there's no question about it now everybody has to prove it matt ryan has to prove it these guys have to prove it but from all the work that I put in uh, this winter, like I said, knowing that we didn't have a number one, I, I couldn't be more pleased with this. All right, well, let's take things in order uh, to begin the evening. The Colts were scheduled to pick at 42. You've heard this a thousand times by now. We've done our updates on radio, but the Colts uh, traded back with the Minnesota Vikings. They traded 42 and pick 122 with the Vikings. In return, the Colts got pick 53, 77 in the third round, and 192, which will be coming up tomorrow in the sixth round on day three of the draft. 
draft. So at pick 53, let's start there. Let's start with Alec Pierce. That's who the Colts drafted with their first overall pick for them in this draft in the second round. Pierce is a guy. How are you doing, sir? <laughs> People are on their on the way out here. Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. We will indeed. We're at the draft party. We're at the draft party, party, right? And their this electricity is, is let's go. all over. All right, so Pierce led Cincinnati 18 and a half yards per catch in 20, but was limited to four starts in six games due to a shoulder injury. Came back second team All-American Athletic Conference in 2021. He was the top receiver. They went on to make the final four of the college football playoff. 52 catches, 884 yards, averaged 17 yards per catch, uh, seven touchdowns in 14 games, 13 starts this past season. Pretty intelligent guy. We'll get into that here in just a little bit. Uh, Academic All-American by SIDs across the country. You had this guy going going to the Colts at 42. They still get him at 53. And by all accounts, the way you evaluate things, he he was your best receiver on your board, even though he was the eighth receiver in totality. That's exactly right. I had four guys rated maybe ahead of him, maybe, but he was definitely number five, which puts him ahead of a lot of the first-round guys. The thing that he brings is several things, but for us immediately – We've got a good running game. We're going to be a much better on defense because of our because of who we went out and got in the offseason and because we got a defensive staff I really like. What do we lack? We lack explosive, dynamic passing game. Now we got the quarterback that can give it to us. We've got Pittman who's established as a solid NFL weak side receiver. Now what you brought in here with Pierce is a definite take the top off of the defense he can go get it he'll compete on the 50 50 ball he'll run by you he'll run by you in a second when the Colts worked him out in Cincinnati they worked him out on a lot of intermediate cuts in breaks out breaks because you didn't see a lot of that on tape and they felt really really good about that so to me what we have now is we have now established a weapon on the outside of the numbers, much like T.Y. was early in his career, except you got a big guy doing it, 6'3", 212. And so now, all of a sudden, when you have people on the outside of the numbers, when you try to play that nine-man box, you, you're, you've got corners in trouble. Mm-hmm. So now what that does, when you bring a guy like that in that has that kind of speed, that's why I love speed there, is it stretches the defense both in depth and in width, okay, which then Jonathan Taylor's the right. happiest guy in right. the world because he's not running into the, 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 the wall of China. The every Colts' day. running game just got better tonight as well. It just got better. Right. Pittman got better. Everything got better. But again, it's you know what I, I you and I would do the games, and I would say to you, Matt, they're just they're just giving us outside the numbers, they're, you know, and we never ever could capitalize whether it was quarterbacking, lack of those outside receivers. Right. So I mean, to me. I know we could have gone a different direction, but to me, we were never going to get better unless we got that element in the passing game. Well, we talked about this on air shortly after the pick was made when Alec Pierce was uh, picked uh, to the Colts. In passing, you brought up T.Y. Hilton. What, what does this do for T.Y.? There's still ongoing talks between he and the Colts and Chris Ballard and free agency. Is I mean, this is a pretty high-profile, high-draft capital pick for a guy that's going to be a long-term Colt in the second round. Does this 
kind of set the, the ship sailing away if you're T.Y. Hilton? I'm, I'm afraid it may be. And I, and I, am, I have been the number one backer of T.Y. Hilton throughout the years. I've always thought he was very underrated, even locally. You know, I mean, he was always compared to Harrison and, and, and Reggie, and I always felt like he kind of played in their shadow. Um, the problem I, I see with T.Y., I don't see necessarily a tremendous diminishing in skill, but it's just the fact that he's the durability factor is just, it just seems like, and whether it's practice or whether it's a game, it just seems like the minute that he gets, takes the big hit, it's, it's over. It's just over. And, you know, availability is as important as ability. Yeah. And so now you've kind of gone to the next step. You've got the same kind of player as T.Y., that vertical, run-by-you, deep comeback guy. But now you've got it in a young, fresh kid at 6'3", All right, let's move down uh, to Jelani Woods. Before we do that, uh, he was a mechanical engineer, uh, that was his major in college, and he worked on he worked on race cars. I mean, this guy's impressive. No, <laughs> I mean, academic All American, building cars, you what? know, setting the world on fire in college football as a receiver. One one thing you know about Chris Ballard, you are going to get a guy. He he's always said to me, you know, dumb guys get you beat, <laughs> and, and 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 I actually I I clean that up a little bit. But sure. He used to say. Dumb guys will get you beat. So very seldom are you going to have a guy on this football team that is not a very, very smart guy and a high-character football guy. So, you know, whether you want to argue that point or not, you're almost guaranteed with that. And so, you know, in that sense, he not only fits the Colts mold, but the thing I like about him, he does it with great athleticism. You know, I fit the Colt, Colt mold, but I can't run out of the parking lot. You know, <laughs> well, wait a minute here. <laughs> you know, give yourself too much credit. But, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I, I think all those things are pluses. He's a tough kid. He played special teams early. I mean, no, there, there, it's just everything to like there. All right, at 73, the Colts pick up. Very versatile tight end, Jelani Woods out of Virginia. We talked about this on the air tonight, uh, but there is the relative athletic score, right? That's a metric that attempts to represent a prospect uh, in their athleticism with one single number between 1 and 10, and Woods received a perfect 10. It's the highest score out of 998 tight ends measured between 1987 and 2002. Former quarterback, then he's a tight end, started his career at Oklahoma State, really only had one big significant season in college that was this past season at uh, Virginia where he had 44 catches 598 yards but eight touchdowns which led the ACC in terms of touchdowns by a tight end but you don't care one year is good enough for you based on the athleticism well based on the athleticism and he's also a very good kid but you're talking about shooting for the moon here you're talking about 6-7, you're talking about 270, 275, and a 4-6-1. I mean, that's freakish, and I've seen, I've seen him adjust to the ball. You know, he's got NBA wingspan, for God's sakes. He's been an edge blocker. He knows how to do that, but he can stretch the field. He can get downfield. So what you pick up here is in Pierce and in, in, in Jelani, you pick up two explosive guys who can again stretch it move the defense back and out Mm -hmm. okay which then gives our 
superstar <laughs> much more daylight. Right. You know, so, again, it, it's all like dominoes. And, and, again, the fact that it just kind of fell to us because we always say <clears throat> the draft comes to you. I do believe that. And if you have them ranked properly, it usually comes to you well. So I, I'm very confident that we have these guys ranked well. All right, we always hear about in, in Frank Reich's offense, there's the F tight end yeah. and the Y tight end. Where's Jelani Woods? I, I, think he's a, I think he's an all-purpose guy. I think he's a guy that can play three downs for you. He you can, know? He's now, a if, if you, if sufficient you, blocker. If you didn't have him right now, you would play with Ellie Cox as your stud tight end, and you would play Granson as your versatile uh, That's the F tight end. Hybrid, the yeah. F tight end. Yeah. But I think in, in Jelani, you have a guy who he's a little, he's still a little bit raw at tight end, but as he develops, he's a guy that can play first down in the regular stuff and be the blocker, but stay in on third down. And <clears throat> that's a big advantage if you have a tight end receiver that can play and still block, which, which I don't, I'm, a, I can, I'm not convinced that either Allie Cox or uh, Granson can do both. You know, they're, 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 they're decent at one, but I, this kid has the ability to be the three-down threat both as a receiver and a blocker. So they want to play with two tight ends on the field at the same time and not tip their hand formationally, run or pass. They, they've accomplished that? I think so, and I think what you're going to see a lot of coming up is you're going to see a lot of what I call fast regular. I begged for this for two years, and now I, I'm starting to hear a lot about it, and that is two wide receivers, a good tight end, and use Hines as the swing guy. Hines as slot, motion back in the backfield, wildcat, doesn't take away. The reason you want to play him, you want to play him with Jonathan. You, want, you don't want to substitute him for Jonathan because mm-hmm. you don't want to take any plays away from Jonathan. But now when you put Hines in instead of the third wide out, what you do now is you make the defense make a decision. Do we stay regular? Do we go nickel? If you go nickel, very simple. You're running the ball to Jonathan against smaller guys. If they stay regular, you got Hines in there one-on-one. And I think you're going to see an expansion of that kind of stuff this year. Now you put Pittman on one edge and you put the fast guy on the other edge. Pretty yeah. good-looking team. All right. Then elsewhere in the third round at pick number 77, Another one of your guys, Bernard Raymond, offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. Another very versatile, athletic guy. Started his career as a tight end. Caught 20 passes for 164 yards in 2018 and 2019. Then he moved to left tackle in 20. Started all six games in that condensed pandemic shortened season. Uh, Started 12 games in 2021. Named first team all Mid-American Conference player. He's a guy, he's an interesting guy. He is from Austria. Uh, kind of went bounced back and forth a little bit from Austria to the States in high school, eventually landed uh, in the United States for football, and he is another athletic score freak. He ranks 17th out of more than 1,200 offensive tackle prospects measured since 1987. His biggest strength is the feet. Another guy that you had to the Colts around 42. You certainly yes. had him there at 53, and then they get him at 77. When we did the podcast last week, uh, my statement was is we would probably be making the decision if it was my team between Raymond and Pierce 
at 42. I mean, that's how much I thought of him. Right. I thought he was a – I didn't think he was as physical as Smith, who went in the first round, but I thought he was a better athlete than Smith. And if you look at the numbers, they're there. This is a kid, again, tremendous upside, okay? This is a kid that doesn't have the big football background. He's going to learn it. He's going to get better. But he has what you can't coach. You can't coach that athleticism. Costanzo had it. This guy is very much like Costanzo athletically. He didn't have the football background Anthony did coming out, but he's very much like him physically. It's almost exactly the same across the board. And with the strengths, there are some weaknesses with him. He's got to learn how to anchor. He's a guy right now that can play in space, but if you start him up and come down hard on him, he's got to learn how to anchor and hold. And, and Anthony, frankly, had to do that. And <clears throat> there were times every once in a while that would get away from him. But what I like about him is, again, you're getting a guy that is an athletic freak. I've always said as a coach, give me that guy. I'll straighten out the rest of it. What I, I can't coach explosiveness, speed, or that kind of lightning quickness. I can't do it. Can I coach you footwork, hand placement, you know, those kinds of things, even maybe toughness a little bit? Yeah, I can do that. So, again, what I'm thrilled about is we got three, in some ways, athletic freaks. So if you had to play a game today, Matt Pryor is probably your starting left tackle. Where is Raymond? It does... As we progress through the off-season workout program, we get to OTAs, we get to the uh, mandatory mini camp and training camp. Will he continue to creep up? Is he a viable contender for left tackle as a rookie? He'll be the backup till we face a good rusher. <laughs> That's which, which will be really quick. So <laughs> you can take that as you. I just don't. I don't see Pryor with the twitch yeah. to hang out there. I mean. And I like Pryor. I think Pryor is an, a great swing man and could be right tackle. Mm-hmm. But I think you're going to have – I mean, just let's take Jacksonville, who's not – you know, we think of Jacksonville as a stepchild. I mean, they just went out and drafted Walker, number one, right. and they just uh, picked up the option on, on Josh Allen on the other side. I mean, you talk about two edge rushers. Formidable. All day long. Right. You know, and that's just one game after another after another. So – you know, I mean, I, I just think it's they're going to have to bring him along quick. Yeah. And they're going to have to strengthen him up. I'd like to see him go from about 303 to about 325. All right, that's Rick Venturi. This is overtime recapping day two of the draft. So the Colts traded back. They pick up Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. Uh, then it's Jelani Woods at 73 out of Virginia. At 77, it's Bernard Raymond offensive tackle out of Central Michigan. Then after pick 77, we thought the Colts might be done for the night, but au contraire, mon frere. Chris Ballard traded up back into the third round at uh, pick number 96, gives up a fifth-round pick tomorrow because he's very, very intrigued by safety Nick Cross out of Maryland. A, what did you make of the bold move? And then B, what did you make of the player as they get uh, more reinforcement there in the secondary? Well, first of all, and you said this earlier tonight, the fact that we fill three needs with great athletes allow us from this point on to draft people we like regardless of position. Obviously, you only move up for someone you really like on your board that you feel is on that board higher than anybody else. So with Cross, what you're getting is kind of a consistent theme today. You're getting a tremendous linear athlete. 
not necessarily the best side-to-side -side guy, but this is a 437. This is a 37-inch vertical. This, this is a 130-inch uh, long jump, which tells you this is an explosive player. He's also a very tough. He's very compact, like six foot, 212, very thick muscle guy mm -hmm. that will knock your head off. So, you know, there's always roles for guys like that, whether it's strong safety in the box, whether it's the dime backer, whether it's special teams in the beginning. Uh, but this is a young guy that they can bring along, but he brings a skill set. That's why I, I've always really believed in metrics, uh, you know, throughout my whole career. Because I think, again, and I've said this to you many times, if you bring me speed and toughness, I can coach a lot of the rest of it. I can't make a, 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 I can't make a, a sissy tough, okay, I can't. And I can't make a slow guy fast. But I can take a fast, tough guy, and I can find spots for him. And going into the draft, we talked about this. I mean, it's sort of a, a deceptive area of, you know, maybe we need to address this and continue to supplement it. I mean, what do you make of the secondary right now at safety? Obviously, you have the two starters. One of those guys continues to rehab from an Achilles injury. You add Rodney McLeod in free agency, Armani Watts, who can play special teams, sort of that George Odom role. And now with Cross, the Colts are looking pretty good here. Yeah, they really are because in, in, in that sense, I think McLeod is a little bit of a sleeper in this offseason because he's a very solid player. This is a guy that's 10 years started in the league. So if Blackman either needs rest or more, isn't quite time. ready, and, yeah. you know, it, that's a fluid situation, you're going to put a guy in there that can play very much like Mitchell, who's now coaching on our staff, yeah. like he the role he played when he came in here uh, when he was still playing. And, and again, now with Watts, you got the special teams replacement. You get another special teams guy here in cross and a guy with some upside so i don't i you know it's very hard to remember a day you know a second day that really is any more optimistic than this one and listen these guys they still have to play they have to prove it we're going to see just how good they are you know we're not going to know we're not going to have a definitive answer on how these guys pan out for the next you know two three years at, at the earliest right but as we sit here and talk right now tip of the cap whatever the ability is for Chris Ballard to understand where the league was going how he felt the rest of the league felt about these guys that he drafted specifically these guys tonight by being able to trade back but still get the guys that he targeted hitting a home run in the process I mean that's working the phones that's just having a gut feeling that's just being really good at your job the general manager of the Colts I, I would say this is his finest hour I, I really would I think and and you know what and once again he has proven to be the master of the second day I mean he has he has done a really and truly I mean because a lot of times we haven't had the one but he has done a magnificent job on the second day and the third day so and that's why I was fairly confident and wasn't as concerned with not having the one did I think that it would come out this good probably not you know I figured we'd probably get two out of three guys I wanted because you only had two picks you know and, and you know the way he did it the moving from 42 to 53 ended up being a, 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 an act of genius. I mean, really, because then we picked up the third need. Couldn't got it. Couldn't have been better. Yeah. 
Exciting night. I no, mean, it, the Colts, it, it really is. Colts it started got out slow. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> and, we, and when we made that when we made that drop back again, I was like, is it midnight yet? You know, what the hell is going on here? But, uh, oh, my God, did it turn around and become a great night, really. All right, so rounds four through seven tomorrow. The Colts are scheduled to pick in every round. Uh, they have that additional sixth-round pick from the Minnesota Vikings there at 192. I'm not going to ask you, you know, who, who you, they're targeting because that's, I mean, that's a tough thing to do, right, this late in the draft. But positionally, is it truly now, not that it wasn't before, but is it truly now best player available and will kind of fill some spots and supplement the roster? Well, I, I think you do have that luxury. I do think, and, you know, I haven't checked the very last few guys here going in. I still think there's going to be playmaking receivers available. Now you want to start looking. You'll never pass up a good corner. I have a couple what I call Morse Reservoir All-Stars corner that I think you can pick up on the third day. Uh, and then you might want to start looking for those offensive line depth guys. You know, guys that, you know, losing Reed and Glowinski, it, it doesn't scare me in the starting lineup with Pinner, but it does bother me a little bit in the depth aspect of it because you could apply, you could, you know, you could put Reed in there a year ago. And, and put him as a starter, and you would never, you we, you wouldn't miss the the regular, right? I mean, and so I, I I think maybe a little bit of depth right there. You can never have enough corners, you know, never have enough corners, you know. And we go on, but again, I, I think you make a good point because we got talent and filled three key needs today. You know, we do have some luxury now. Yeah, we do. We really do. We can if we're in love with a guy on the fourth round. No matter what he plays, you can right. take him. I'm just thinking out loud, like like linebacker going into the draft. Yeah. That's not a position yeah, no, of need. But but you look at Bobby Okereke, EJ Speed, both guys going into contract years. Exactly. You can never have enough depth. Oh there. no no now now you get a you get football players and particularly guys. One thing I always liked in the third day, I always liked the coaches' involvement on the third day because the coaches pretty much know what the position fit is. And, and I always felt like the coaches had a better, could do a better job in six and seven because they knew they, exactly what we were looking for. Right. Yeah, on special teams yeah. and, and things of that and, nature. And, you know, does this guy fit? Yeah. I, I used to have a lot of success on those late rounds. I, I studied it a lot, but I also knew the guys that fit both mentally yeah. and physically. And the Colts are going to get starters tomorrow. They are. I oh, mean, yeah. Zaire, yeah. Zaire Franklin, uh, right. Naeem Hines in the fourth round, Marlon Mack in the fourth well, round, Anthony Walker I'm, in the I'm, fifth. I'm going to tell you the guy that we forget about that is is fastly becoming a top Isaiah player Rogers. on the team is Isaiah yeah. Rogers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he was a return guy. And you know thought. what? EJ Speed's becoming an outstanding Indeed. player. Indeed. Absolutely. It's been fun, my man. Oh, this my was, God. I've enjoyed it. It was a good night. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy the draft, man. Okay. And then we'll recap it sometime next yes, week. Yes, we will reconvene and uh, kind of put a bow on everything and uh, include what happens tomorrow for the Colts in rounds four through seven. Certainly more impactful players infusing the roster to round out the weekend. For Rick Venturi, I'm Matt Taylor. That'll do it for overtime here from Kilroy's wrapping up the Colts involvement on day two of the NFL draft. We'll talk to you tomorrow for another overtime recap on day three and recap what the Colts did in totality in the 2022 NFL draft. Thanks for listening here on Colts.com, the Colts audio network, and the Colts mobile app.